0: Here we go, Daf Lamed Aleph, page 31. Second line on Daf Lamed Aleph. Tanur Abonan. Yesterday, we learned about a Lulav HaGazul. And now we're going to focus on a Sukkah HaGazul. A stylin Sukkah. All right, here we go. As opposed to a stylin HaGazit. All right. Tanur Abonan, Rabbi Zeran, Sohshui, Sukkah Gazula, Stolen Sukkah, a Masachim, or a person makes his sukkah out in a Rishosarabim. Now, what's the problem with that? Rashi points out, who are you to put your sukkah in a public domain? You're stealing property from the island, from the community, from the public. Okay? So a person puts their sukkah in a place where it's not allowed to be. Rebilezer Paisu, Rebilezer says, a stolen sukkah, or a sukkah built on public territory where you're getting in other people's ways, is pusul. Bechachom Machshir. say, no, it's not possible. Now, what's the machloikas about? Let's see. Says the Gemara. Oh, my Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Nachman says, The whole machloikas over here, when you steal a sukkah, what does it mean? You steal the boards? No. Says Rabbi Nachman, what happened was, Yankala is sitting in a sukkah. And I decide, you know, I don't have a sukkah this year, and I really want to do the mitzvah of sukkah. I grab Yankel, I throw him out of his sukkah, and I sit in his sukkah. Okay, so I Yankel had a sukkah in his backyard. I picked up Yankel and chucked him out. Rebbe Leizer, Rebbe Lieser says that it's puzzled. Now we're going to assume that means that you didn't get a mitzvah. L'tamei he's consistent with his own opinion, his own reasoning. He says, you have a problem, like we learned previously, and that is, you can only use your own sukkah. And if you steal somebody else's sukkah, we learned on Dav Chavzai, and this is true even if you borrow a sukkah, right? So certainly over here, where you're in your friend's backyard, you already chuck him out, certainly it's not good. Ikarka Nikzelis. Now, if you could steal karka, which there's a machlaikas, whether you could steal real estate at all because it's not movable, okay? So, uh, su- uh, then sukkah it is a stolen sukkah. It's not yours, and you do not get your mitzvah. The Inami karka eating even going to say that there's no such thing as stealing karka. Sukkah shuli, then either way, it's a sukkah So, memon of shach, either way, no matter how you're going to view it, lefi rebel, we get 100%. Why? You have not fulfilled your mitzvah and it's possible. And the Rabbonon who say that it is Machshirin, it's Kasher. Again, what's the case? Yanko's in his backyard, you grab Yanko by the collar, you chuck him out of the Sukkah and you sit there. The Chom say Kasher. What's their reason? They hold, first of all, you don't need to be in your own sukkah. Secondly, karka in an exalus. You can't steal real estate. The sukkah And therefore, if you grab your uncle and chuck him out, you didn't have hera. But I But it ain't no different than a borrowed sukkah. You didn't steal it. You're not stealing nothing. You didn't take anything. Karka in an exalus. You can't steal it. So it's the same as a, uh, as a borrowed sukkah. Somebody's not home for sukkas. And their sukkah, they, they went away for halamayd. And you sit in their sukkah without permission. However, everybody agrees. Let's say you actually steal the wood and the schach. Let's say you stole that. Not that you grabbed Yanko by the collar and chucked him out. But you stole the actual schach. Everyone agrees. Everybody agrees it's actually a kosher sukkah. And you need to pay for the value of the wood. Okay? And everybody, even Rabbi Eliezer, who says, Puzzle when you grab Yanko by the collar and chuck him out, will agree when you steal wood and build a sukkah. Hakoba Seder, as far as your mitzvah of sukkah is concerned. Now, Mimai, why? Because what were the cases? You stole a sukkah, and a person who builds a sukkah in a public domain. Marish who just like. In public property, in the public domain, it's not your land. Okay. Sukanami, We're so too by sukkah. We're dealing with a sukkah that is karka uh, we're dealing with a sukkah de Lav Karka Where the, the land doesn't belong to the Ganav. But when it comes to the wood that didn't belong to the Ganav, their taka, the diuk, is going to be. The inference is going to be one has fulfilled his mitzvah of suka. Okay? This was a big, uh, this is a big sugya concerning uh, theft, concerning stealing. Because when somebody steals something, the maisa, it becomes yours. There's various ways that it becomes yours. And we also know that there's a xera derabana when somebody steals a beam. You don't have to return the actual beam, you just have to earn the value of the beam. Derabana want to make it easy for somebody to be able to return things that they stole and not make it harder. Imagine somebody steals a beam and they use it for the support beam of their home. Five years later, they're about tshuva. Five years about tshuva, they want to do tshuva on the, on the theft. It's going to be very hard. If they need to return that actual beam, it's going to be very, very hard to do tshuva on such a thing. So the khamsa say, you know what? Fine. If you ever did construction with something, instead of getting, you don't have to give back the actual beam. That beam was worth $100. All right, you got to return $100 in value. That's you need to return, okay? So too over here, when somebody steals the schach for a sukkah, it becomes his. The schach becomes his. Hence, the sukkah is a valid sukkah because it's considered yours. But you have a zaita gazach. You have a separate obligation of returning the value to the owner. Okay. Short story here. Here we go. Hahi saftah. There was a safta. All right, Safta Simcha, yeah. Now, the day Safter there was a uh, right, we call Safta uh, a Bubby. Safter was an elderly woman that saw the committee of Rakhman in front of Rakhman Amar Le, and she said to Rav Nachman, "Reish Galusa, the beis she lusa basuka gzeil avi asri, the Reish Galusa, and any Rabbanon who are visiting the Reish Galusa are sitting in my sukkah. They took the wood from me." All right she's screaming, V'layesh Gachbor Av Nachman. And Av is uh, not really responding. He's not responding. She, this is the scandal, the scandal of the century in her eyes. And Av not impressed. She's like, a, Oh, there are no one's getting a for this is crazy. Right? Hey, all right. I'm she said to him, "It's a, a lady. You know who I am? Do you know who I am? I'm a Yiddish woman. I'm a granddaughter of Avram Avinu, and I'm I'm screaming in your face. And you're you're not taking me seriously. Rabbi Reb Nachman, Rabbi Nachman said to those around him. This woman's very dramatic, we'll say in our words. She's being very dramatic. We've got to make sure that the value gets back to her, and she's repaid, but the issue of the overall halachic circumstances surrounding the sukkah, she's incorrect with. Okay, And again, it's because of the Gzaira der Rabbanon that we said earlier. You don't have to give back the actual sukkah, once it's taken, even if it's taken inappropriately. And uh, over here, Rashi explains, the Avadim, the servants of the Kalusa, would the, wrongly took the wood, but they ended up building a very large sukkah for the Resh galusa and the Rabbanon. And she's sitting here calling it the scandal this century, saying ultimately there's a way to handle this in halacha. And this is make sure she gets repaid. But as far as sukkah is concerned, the, she, she's incorrect. Amar Ravina. Ravina says... Haikishura dimetalauta de A beam dimetalauta of the shade. Remember what is tal, shade, and over here we're referring to the sukkah, de gzula. That was stolen. Avila Rabbanan takanta. The Rabbanan made a takana. They made a decree. Gishom takanas marish, which is called takanas marish. Okay? What's takanas marish? The takana of the... Of the beam of the home, like we said before, when somebody steals a beam, they said instead of returning the beam, you only need to give back the value. Okay? Now keep in mind something very interesting here. The Rabbanon only said, this Takonas Marish, not every time you steal a beam. It's when you steal a beam and you make it part of a construction project. If I steal a beam and then 10 minutes later I want to be a Baal you've got to give back the actual beam. It's when the beam was then used for something, the is like, okay, fine, once you use it for a structural reason to make it easier for people to do chuva, we'll say just return the value. So keep in mind that when a person steals Chach for a Sukkah, okay, it's got to be that, the, and Rashi points this out, it must be that we're considering a sukkah to be keva, to be established. Meaning, once the schach is put up, this is like a established entity. This is an established structure because otherwise, there's no takonas marish. Okay, it's an interesting, de- interesting idea to to figure this out. It says the Gemara Pshita, it's poshut. Maishna mei him." Why should it be different than any other piece of wood? I'll tell you what. I would love to say wood, you know, before COVID, so lumber was not hard to come by. So you can go get another uh, another uh, piece of wood. But uh, when something is not common, I would say the Rabbana didn't make that kind of marish. You have to return the actual thing. and Therefore it's letting us know. no, Even if it's not such a common thing, the stoltakonos marish, you can keep the beam. However, says the the Gemara, this is only true while your sukkah is up. After after yomtiv, you got to give the beam back to its owner. However, if it's permanently attached, let's say somebody uh, took the beam and uh, you know they put up permanent walls for their sukkah, and there's going to be a cross beam that this Chach is going to lay a cross, then it would have Takanas Marish permanently and you'd only give the value and not the beam. Okay. Period. End of that discussion. We now had a fascinating discussion yesterday of Lulav HaGazel and now we had a discussion about a sukkah, uh, about a sukkah HaGazel. Okay. Tana, we learned in a Brisa, Yavish Pusel Rebbe Tzimach a lulav that is dried out is Pusel. Rebbe says, No, it's not. Amar Rava Rava says, Machloekes bilulav, the Machloekes about a dried out is kosher Pusel is only concerning a lulav. The Rabbonon say we compare lulav to an esrog, my esrog by hider, just like an esrog. You need a pre It's got to be beautiful. Half lulav by So, too, a lulav needs to be beautiful. Okay? Okay. In the we have a hekish, pre-eitz-hudar, compared to a lulav. If it's dried out, nishgit. The rabbi da sabar. says, no, Like makshin a lulav, says that a, a dried out lulav is kasher. He says there's no connection between a lulav to an esrog. There's no hekish, hava, but Everyone agrees a dried-out essig is not going to be kosher. You need it to be beautiful. And if it's not beautiful, it is ma'akev. like by hit, there's something like, Really? By a lulav, doesn't say it needs to be beautiful. But today, we learned the Mishnah, says, When you have the the palm frond leaves, the lulav leaves that are spread out, attached at the bottom, they're not detached. They're attached at the spine, but they start separating. Rebuda said it's okay. As long as, as long as you tie it by the top. My timer, why does he say tie it by the top? What do you need that for? Isn't it because it's got to be beautiful? La mishum de boy hider you got to be beauty. must be, he is concerned about beauty, and if he is concerned about beauty, why does he say a dried-out lulav is kosher? It should be puzzle. It's not beautiful. Says the Gemara, No, the reason why he says tie it at the top is not because of hither If you lay-mishum-de-boy-hider, yeah, the Lulu of Nis nice is a kapis tamarim. It's a branch of a day tree. Kafais. It says kafais. Kapais Kapais also gives off kafus, which means tied together. They might have part. It's letting us know it's got to be together. It's not because you need hither. Rabuda still does not hold you need hither. Over there, kapais hints to putting it back together, tie it up if it's spread out. But now we have an answer. Because Rabuda says the lulah that's dried out is kosher. Ah, you need hither. No, it doesn't. If it doesn't need hither. It makes sense why he would still say a uh, dried out Lulav is okay. It says the Hither. There's to hold. you don't need Hither, but we learned in I ain't like this When you tie the Lulavadaswana Ravas together, what do we do? Right? We take those people don't know what it's called. What's that called again? Kaishiklh. Yeah? You take the holder that's made out of the Lulav leaf, and you take the 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 ties from the Lulav, those knots that we make, right? Because you tie it, the beauty is, with its own kind. You take a luluf and you tie it within a luluf. You don't take a rubber band. You don't take a Zaytik, you don't take a separate thing. Divirabuda opinion a pinir-a-buta. Why? Why do you got to stick within its own species when you tie it up? My timer, what's the reason? Isn't it because you need it to be beautiful? Lie. No, that's not, that's not why he says keep it with its own species. There's another good reason. Thoma Rav, the a sieve, You could use a sieve, another type of vine. You can even use bark from a palm tree. That's why does it view to say that you tie it with a lulav leaf. Because he holds that a lulav being tied together with a and is ma'akev. It's an integral part of the mitzvah. Now that tying it together is an integral part of the mitzvah. And I need lulav a Guess what's going to happen if I take a grapevine? I'm now taking five species. I have an esred, a lulav. Hadas a robo, and a grapevine. And now have a fifth species. You can't do that. Since you need to tie it. It's ma'akiv, you need to tie it. But you can't add. So what's the next best option? You tie it from one of the species that are already included, beautiful, which is lulav. We don't want to take a fifth species, and that's why. But again, it's not because you're beautiful, you need hither. And therefore, he could still say a dried-out lulav is kosher. Gavaldik says the Gemara, according to what we just said. Absolutely. The question was we just said that Rabbi Yehuda holds that a dried out lulav is kosher. The reason why a dried out lulav could be kosher is because you don't need Hidur Mitzvah. You obviously don't need the mitzvah to be beautiful. Okay. Now, put that halacha on the side. The halacha of Rabbi Yehuda holds a dried out lulav is fine because you don't need beauty. The Gemara had asked, what do you mean? How can you say Rabbi Yehuda holds you don't need hither? He's the one who says that when you tie a lulav, it's got to be with its own species. Why are you tying with its own species? It must be because it's more beautiful when you tie something with its own leaf. So it must be Rabbi Yudah holds, you need Hidr Mitzvah. That's the question. The answer is no. Rabbi Yudah does not hold any Hidr Mitzvah. Aye, so why did he say use the same leaf? Because Rabbi Yehuda holds that the tie, the Eged, around the Lulav Adas is an integral part of the mitzvah. And if I were to tie it with a grapevine, we'll call it, as an example. So now, I ha- so now when I pick up my esrug, how many species do I have? Esrug, Lula, adasim, aravas, grapevine. I now have five species. And Rabbi Yehuda, who says that tying it is ma'akev, is going to have a problem if you use a leaf other than the lulav. And that's why he says you need a lulav leaf. Not because you need hidr. The question, in the question we assumed Rebuter holds you need to use the lulav leaf for beauty. The answer is no. Rebuta holds you need a lulav leaf because you can't take a leaf from any other species. Otherwise, you're holding five. But it's not because of hither. He actually holds you don't need hither for lulav. Okay? However, by an esrog, we said everybody agrees you need beauty. An esrog needs beauty. Rebuter just says by a lulav, you don't. Let's focus on the esrog for a moment. What Asraq mean rebut a hidr? hold that an Esrug needs Hidra Mitzvah? But will There's no such thing as showing up to Shul with a Lula of hadas, arava, Esrag and a pomegranate. Yeah? By halal, imagine a guy comes to shul and they got their Dalin Minim plus a beautiful pomegranate. And the next Chumrah in town is to k- take your dal Minim plus the shiva Saminim of Eretz Yisrael. I hold 11. Yeah. Are you allowed to sh- add Minim to the four? No. Shame, shame. Price me in the same way you can't have less than four? Kachim is <laughs> even you can't add. What happens if somebody can't find an Eser free of them? you'll be like Lai partial. Vodav Racher. You can't bring a fruit, a pomegranate, or something else. Kamushim Ksherem um and uh over here are dried out um we'll call them dried out bushes um or branches um kamushim okay so this is like a we'll call it a dried out a a dried out hadas okay so you know your aravas start drying out they turn a little black right that's still okay um but if it's totally dried out, puzzle. Rabuda says af Yavashim, even puzzle even completely dry. Is okay. If Rabuda says, there was a story, top of Ahmad Base. Bene Krochem, with those who live in large cities. Okay. Now, what's unique about those who live in large cities? Sarashi points out on the top Rashi, they don't have access to the amount of Farms and produce, right? They don't live in the rural areas where it's easy to find um, the Dalit Mina. They were in the large city. They would actually yarshin the Lulavim to their grandchildren. Yeah, They would use their Lulav from year to year. It must be (laughs) that a dried out Lulav is okay. They said to the from there you have a proof that a dried out Lulav is okay. Chak, Raya, you have no proof from a shasat chak. Yeah, shasat chak means there was it was uh, completely unusual circumstances that they allowed that. Katoni But the bottom line is, we learned the b'dro If it's dried out, it could be used for a mitzvah. My love doesn't it even include a mitzvah? It doesn't even include an esek they didn't inherit esreigim, they inherited lulav. Okay. In the question we assumed, the question was, we assumed that they would inherit all four. And if a child can inherit even Esra, you see an Esra does not need Hidr. Answer to the Gemara, no. They would only inherit the Lulav. and esrog, Rabbi Yehuda agrees, needs Hidr. Okay. Amar kshim shim the same way you can't take only three of the four species, you also can't bring a fifth species. Pshita. It's obvious. Yeah. Why? Balthasev. Yeah, Balthasev. You can't start adding on uh, new mitzvahs. Sigoura says, no. Since if you hold the lulav needs to be tied, if you for being another species, so we'll say, listen, keep it separate. Kamash never lets us know that it's still going to be a problem. Listen to this. It's very interesting. According to Rabbi Yehuda, the lulav Hadassim and Aravos must be tied together. Okay? If it's not tied, there's no mitzvah. According to Buddha, it needs to be tied together. So think about it. I have my Lulav. I have my Hadassim. I have my Aravos tied together. Then I pick up an Esrug. Okay, so far so good. And then I pick up a cherry branch. Is that a fifth species? So we'd say, yeah, of course. Says the Gemara, not necessarily. Because I would think like this. According to Yehuda, something is only included in the mitzvah when it's tied with it. This cherry branch from the bush... If it's not tied with a little and Aravis, maybe it's not a problem. Maybe it's not considered like I'm even taking a fifth species. Komash Malan comes along the Brisa to let us know that no. Even if you pick up a cherry branch and put it with Adas and and you don't tie it, it's still going to be a problem. You cannot be holding a fifth species with the other four, despite the fact that it's not tied together. That's the Kiddush of... Uh, that's the Kiddush of this Bryce. The Good question. The answer is because um, if we're dealing with, let's say, we're going to learn soon that there's a specific limud, teaching us that an esrog is supposed to be held separately. Something that's not part of that limud, that it should be separated from the other three, would actually need to be tied with the other three. But once we get that limud, we'll have the answer to uh, we'll have the answer to your question. Okay. If you can't find the esrog, you can't bring a pomegranate. Says the yeah, of course not. I mean, wh- why? Why would you be allowed to bring a random fruit? Someone says, no, Ma'otem, I was about to say, maybe it's better to bring a pomegranate. This way, people know you need to bring four species. This year, we don't have access to an Ezra, but we got to make sure that the kinder see us holding four things. This way, they don't forget about the Ezra completely. Better to not bring anything because people will start using pomegranates instead of Esraig. Yeah? The same way they can make a mistake and think, oh, you don't need Esreg at all, they can also make a mistake that this takes the place of the Esraig. Also, a very important idea, very important you cite on the shikol hadas, the balance that's needed in Yiddishkeit, where sometimes you're in a, a, a plan D situation and you got to pick, you know, uh, you, know, you got to pick which mistake to, uh, to give up on. Over here, the Gemara is taking an approach of kind of, instead of trying to get too smart and take something new, shove you, al you just If you're missing it, just leave it. Just, just do with what you have, so to speak. You know, don't don't start trying to manipulate and change things around. Better, if you're not going to do it right, um, don't do it. This comes up very often in Chinach. Very often in Chinach. I just, somebody, just the other day asked me a shayla about um, making brachas inside of a bathroom, ashayotzar, The kids in school, agansa It's a whole complicated thing where the kid. Once the kid walks out of the bathroom, he's not going to have a chance to say ashayotzar. Only while he's waiting for his classmates. Eh? So is, should, should the the parent want to know if he should tell the kid that even in the bathroom for chinuch to teach him how to say the bracha of Ashayotzar. It was a whole strange situation. And uh, I said, wh- why isn't your chinuch to tell the kid not to say Yash in the bathroom? Right? There's going to be other opportunities at home when the kid's not in school. Not, you know, so then you teach the kid. But it's important to know when to be mechanic on different things. Better to be mechanich that no Yash is said in the bathroom at this moment than to teach the child how to say Yash in in the wrong place. Okay. Toshma, come and listen. Esrog a yashen If you have an old esrog, we're assuming it's no longer beautiful. Is puzzled. Reb says it's okay. So, if an old esrog, it's tried out. Reb is still saying it's kosher. the It's an upshlag on Rava who says that Reb agrees. You need beauty for an esrog. Says the Gemara, Tiyufta. You're right. Okay. Rabbi Yehuda holds. You don't need Hidur on an Eserig. Now, interestingly, whenever you find Tiyufta, the Rav Tiyufta, it's like the end of the story. rabba's wrong. But let's keep going. Says the Gemara, one second over here. Oh, Reganah, Hold on. Rabbi Yehuda holds. You don't need beauty? What are you talking about? On an Eserig? If you have an Esraig that is green as a leek, some people love yellow Esraigim. Some people love green Esraigim. Some people love green Esraigim esraig that's a little yellowish. Everyone's got their own style. It's very interesting. When it comes to Esraigim, it's mamish. This is very interesting. We're selling Esraigim through shul. It's mamish as an esrog is a shidduch with somebody. Some people can't stand up certain from Other people, mamish like beauty. You know, it's like uh, it's a mamish. It's it's a it's a shidduch. So a person has an esrog that is as green as a leek. Remeir magshir. mayor says fine. Reb the place, Reb says not fine. Now what's the difference? What color your esrig is? A sh- citron is a citron. Why does Reb to say if it's green, it's puzzle? What's wrong with it? It must be. It's because of hither. He says, we showed him like Gomarpira. If it's so green that it's like a leak, he says it's not even called an Esraget. yet. And that's the problem. It's not a problem of hid or Mitzvah, it's a problem that never took on the name of an Esreg that grows on this uh, pre Okay. Sorry, I lost the place. Okay. Toshma, come and listen. Shir Asher Cotton. What is the smallest asher allowed of Mayor Eimer Kehagah? As the mayor says, the size of a nut. Rebuto It's got to be bigger than an egg. You hit this? Yeah. R S Asher are plenty big enough. Okay? According to Rebuto Yehuda, size of an egg. Rebuto Eimer Kehagah. La'bishundu b'ay hither. Rebuto Yehuda you need a bigger measurement. Isn't because you need hither? like? He says, if it hasn't grown to that size, it's not—it's not, it's not uh, grown enough to be a uh, to be an eser. Okay, Toshma, come and learn from here. Again, what are we saying? Rabbi Huda's opinion of—we uh, just said Rabbi Huda holds you don't need hither on an eser. We're trying to question that. <laughs> How big can your Esreg be? You ever see these Yemenite esraigim? How big is an Esreg allowed to be? Says the Brisa. You have to be able to hold two esraigim in one hand. Good luck. Good luck. Okay? Divirah Yehuda. Behuda says it can't be too big. Your hand has to be able to get around... Hold on to two of them at the same time. It's hard enough holding the stem of Valula with an esrog, right? In one hand. Here you're going to have to hold two. Rabbi Yaisi, this is how we pass says, no, it can be much bigger. As long as you can hold one esrog in your two hands and hold it, like a watermelon, yeah? It could be big, it's fine. My time-up. Why does Rabbi to say it can't be too big? Hider. Isn't it because he says, listen, if something is so big, it's not beautiful anymore? So the Gemara says, no. Since Rabbi says that a right handed person should hold their lulav, which is three out of the four, in their right hand, because he got most of the mitzvah there, and the esrag in the left hand, there's some times where you're going to have to switch hands. Vasi lev and you might drop it, and it might become puzzle. And therefore, Rabbi Huda says, listen, let me give you an eight Don't get an eseric that's too big. If you get an eseric that's too big, it's going to be hard to hold in your hand. It make come to fall. But it's not because of hither. It's practicality. You don't want to start dropping your Well, Rabbi hooks' Huxiv Hider, says going to fine. You want to tell me that Rabbi Huda holds, you don't need a beautiful eseric? Seder. But the puzzle... It creates other. It's got to be a beautiful fruit. Hider, how can you say you don't need hider on an esrog? Says the Gemara, "Hahu hider hadar It doesn't mean that you're asking to be beautiful. It's not the word hider. The word is hadar. What's a dira? An apartment, a place where you dwell. Hadar, the one that dwells on a tree from year to year. Other fruits have seasons, and esrog takes longer to grow. It dwells on a tree from year to year. That's how we know to take a esrog in an Esra. and otherwise it says you should take a pre-etsodar, a beautiful fruit. Maybe a beautiful fruit is a is a separate fruit. No, esrog the hadar beilam mishana Lashana lets us know that it is an esrog. Period. End of that explanation of the gemara. Vaiter. a lulav and a Shera tree, meaning it was served as a vaidazara or a lula from yer yeah. Parsha. We just read about the Arnidakas today. Parshas Rei. Yeah. You have a Lulav from an a city where it is condemned to be burnt down and destroyed. Right? Because most inhabitants worship a everything needs to be burnt. That Lulav is missing the measurement. Says Apostle, a Lulav that served as an Ashir apostle. possible Rav Marav says, lulav Lagitol, they not Kasher. Rava says that you're not supposed to take a lulav of a of a avod but if you do, it's okay. So why does our Mishnah how could Rava argue on the Mishnah? Why does Hakibasheira demaisha askinon the the katu say mechtas sheurei, where it's just considered like it's missing out on the four Tfachim that are needed for the lulav? Okay. That uh, such a thing needs to be burnt, and once it needs to be burnt, like we explained when we read the Mishnah, once something needs to be burnt, it has a psak on it. It's considered like it's already burnt, and therefore it doesn't have a shear. It doesn't have a measurement. The ikonami, it could infer that this is true as well. The katani dumya we're talking about a, a ashira, which is similar to a iranidachas shma mina. We're obviously dealing with a type of an asherah tree that nobody is allowed to benefit from. At all. Now, this is going to be um, as opposed to a Asherah of Rava, which Rashi explains was not actually worshipped as an Avaydazara, but it was used kind of to clean up the house of Avaydazara. So, if a person ends up using a Lulav that was used to help clean the house of Avaydazara in the times of Rava, you shouldn't, but if you did, since it itself is not actually a the fine. But the Asherah of Myshra Beiru, that's a no-go. That's done to be burnt, that's judged to be burnt, and you're not allowed to have any sort of uh, you're not allowed to perform any sort of mitzvah with it, and it's lacking in its measurement. Okay. Last part of the Mishnah for today, two lines from the bottom, Nikdam Reishah, the top of the Lulav is cut off, Amar Ravuna. When the top of the lulav is cut off, it's puzzle. But if the top of the lulav is split, then it's going to be kosher. Okay. Now, what do you mean split? So every leaf of a lulav, as we know, is, can be divided in half. It's like two parts. There's two parts to the leaf. Okay, we're coming up. It's going to be beautiful. when we get the Dalamina. You'll be able to see this. All right, split. If, it, if the leaf is divided... It's still going to be kosher," says the "Is that true? The it's kosher." But Tanya, lulav kafuv. When you have a lulav that is bent over, okay, it's the spine is not straight, kovetz, or you have um, thorns coming out of the side, sodok. It's split, akum magal or it's curved like a sickle, puzel. It's puzel, also, if it's very dried out and hard, puzzle. Uh, um, yeah, it's also puzzle. Daima If it's similar, if it's not completely dried out, kind of, then it's still going to be kosher. But the bottom line is, what is do from this statement? That soduk, something that's split, is puzzle. Well, how could you say in the Mishnah, split is kosher? Papa, We're dealing with a lulav that is made like a hemnik. Okay, what's a hemnik? A hemnic is where it opens up like a V on top, okay? If it grows like a V, then um, it's puzzle. because there's no one spine to look at. It kind of, in the center, divides itself. That's where it's puzzle. However, if um, you have a regular standard rule of a one spine that goes straight up and split, at this point, the Bryce is telling us, such a uh, such a situation, as long as it's not cut off on top, it's simply split, is going to remain kosher. And Bez Hashem, tomorrow we will pick up from here, and we will uh, clarify a little bit this halacha of split top lulavim. We'll pick up from Akum Daimer Lamago Bez Hashem, nine thirty a.m. tomorrow. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. A good and a getim chaydish.